I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. Flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I. <laughs> it's very difficult to listen to that song without thinking of two things: Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Actually, three things. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, GTA Five or GTA Online, mm-hmm. and also my parents and my uncle. So it's funny how sometimes you think in your head that the things that you're into, like as a youth, that somehow certain things just started with you, like there was no precedence for it. Yeah. Only to find out that that's not the case. So you know that I'm a big, and actually that's well, really how we met. Um, that's even how I met Eileen was through the Coheed and Cambria fan base. Yeah. And, you know, being like a... Not, I'm going to say card-carrying member, because that sounds like I'm all, like, elitist snob, but I just mean, like, I fucked heavily with Quentin Campia, like, child of defense kind of thing. It's a really big deal for me for a lot of reasons. And, you know, going into the storyline and, well, you know that thing of trying to talk to people about the band and you sound unhinged? <laughs> it's part of the reason why we haven't, we've talked a, a few times about doing Coheed episode on this show and not really knowing how to approach it. Because there's no way to talk about it where you don't sound like you're trying to describe an anime. <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> and shout out to Eileen, she's not here. But I know there's times where she'll be telling me about an anime she's been watching. Or I'll be telling her about, like, storylines from X-Men. And we're listening with love and intent. And, of course, there's, like, a smile on our faces. But I'm sure in the back of our minds are like, if anybody uninitiated heard these words they would immediately run and call the authorities. (laughs) Because, like, it's either, oh, these group of kids got together and are cooking food. Like, that's the premise. Or it's the most insane, unhinged sort of shit that's happening. Like, trying to, like, describe an episode of, like, Full Metal Alchemist or, like, Dragon Ball Z to somebody, you're just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's fucking weird and... And we're fighting, and there's a robot who's alive, but it's a suit of armor. It's got a kid in it. I don't. There's a dog (laughs) and a little girl. I don't. It's all bad, but it's great. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to bring my mom back, even if it costs me an arm and a leg. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Now I completely disregard everything I was just talking about, but like. Now you got me on this idea of, okay, <laughs> I, I'm going to use the cold open to basically tease something that I now want to put to action, is explain anime badly. <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's crazy, like, the, when I talk about, the way I talk about Kuwait and Cambria to people... And you you were singing Flashlight yeah. and realizing that my aunts and uncles and parents were huge into, like, George Clinton, you know, Parliament Funkadelic. That whole vibe. Mm-hmm. To which it was... I knew they were into it from a musical standpoint, but they were, like, into it. <laughs> like, and I didn't realize that there's lore to this. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, like, it's a whole thing, which I'm not going to bore you with all that, but my dad has this wonderful tendency to, like, just text me random things sometimes. 
Um, like sometimes he'll go on vacation and then he'll just send pictures of stuff he know I'll be into. Mm-hmm. So basically, he sends me a picture. Well, actually, no, I just got the notification. All it said was the mothership. And at first, I was just caught unaware because I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, this is a weird spaceship thing. And I was like, wait, what's the mothership? To which she replies in all caps, what's the mothership? And like five <laughs> question marks. I'm like, you're like, oh, I messed up. Yeah, it's the, what are you talking about? Like, I did not raise you. <laughs> To somehow disregard the work of Parliament. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, of course, he starts breaking it down. Of course, then I realize, okay, now I know what you're talking about. But then the, the conversation is then him getting into it. And I realize, holy shit, much like a lot of the things I'm into, my parents probably sound ridiculous talking to people they knew who weren't into it about this. <laughs> Shout out to my dad, shout out to my relatives, and well, I guess leading into today's episode, shout out to family. Hell yeah. <laughs> Theme song time. I was walking with the ghost. walking with a ghost and i did load in the theme song in the recording again i like this remix version right <laughs> still not as good as your uh misery business remix though oh my god things i will never escape that and nor should you because i'm sorry that was brilliant that is my goal. I want one day to have that bit you sang and like have an actual band play music behind it. <laughs> oh, I'll have to write a whole set of lyrics for it. <laughs> but even just that bit is just gold in and of itself. <laughs> even if it's 10 seconds, it'll be the greatest 10 seconds ever. Like, I just want to learn a few guitar chords just to play that. Uh, I'm sure that can happen. All right, cool. Oh, shit. Intros. Hey, y'all. Hi. <laughs> podcast time you are listening to talking like a teen uh the podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past i am brian o'connor and i'm dead just kidding are you the ghost of letty ortiz that's right that's me i'm spooky <laughs> Ooh, ride or die Whoa. Ghost. Family! <laughs> Woo! Corona! <laughs> that actually would have been a great alternate version of this movie. Alright, so... The thing happens, just... and the whole movie is... Rochelle Rodriguez is still doing her thing, but she's not on this plane of existence. <laughs> It's just standing around in the background holding a corona looking for a lime. <laughs> or she's in the car with Dom, like, you know. Messing with the radio or some shit. Right? I guess it gives a new meaning to the term goes riding the whip. That's right. <laughs> so I guess we should do a little backstory. As is often the case, the thing we were going to talk about tonight, we did not... Oh, uh, we decided to do that at a later date because today was a day. 
Um, yeah. And I didn't want to waste it, but at the same time, it's like, that thing, I, I think it's special, and we shouldn't steamroll through it. Agreed. So today, we're talking about something that we actually did once before. Um, What was that date again you said? It was September what? So I took this particular set of notes on September 30th, 2020. So I was going through it. (laughs) Ashley and I had done two episodes. I think it's episodes, I think it's what, five and six? Yeah. Or is it four and five? I think it might be four and five. The first Fast and Furious, and then we also did Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, the 2003 sequel. Too Fast for y'all. And we had so much fun doing those, and obviously the Fast and Furious is a franchise that I love, and by love I mean can't shut the fuck up about. (laughs) (laughs) I know know Ashley digs it too, but you had said that you had watched the first three, right? So the first two I had seen ad nauseum. And then the rest of them, i literally never seen. Okay. So at the time, now, granted, we also did kind of do like a big rewatch at one point. Wait, was it really 2020? Because hold up, I did, did we not do that in 2019? Oh my God, I don't know when we did these. No, this was, this was definitely a thing that we did during the beginning stages of the Panini when we were all trapped at home but i don't remember that being in september 2020 i thought that was earlier i don't know i do know that at the time we did record what was going to be an episode um we had a lot of technical issues that day yes mostly on my end sorry about that um <laughs> and we were going to be like oh we're going to do these again at some point and we didn't but then i think we started re-watching the movies because you hadn't watched um uh, the later ones yeah, you and I, you and I started doing uh, Friday night movie nights, which we did for like, I don't know, like four months practically. Yeah, because it was basically what every week we watched like a new movie. Well, no, we did. Well, okay, time out. It was like okay, so we went to the Fast and Furious movies. Yes. Uh, we started watching uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yeah, and well, there was stuff before that. Oh, was it like WandaVision we started, I think? Or was it Falcon and Winter Soldier? We started Falcon and Winter Soldier. We watched a couple of just like random Marvel movies. That's right. I forgot about the Marvel movies because that's right. We yeah. watched like Winter Soldier. I forgot what other one we watched. Was it Guardians? I think it was Age of Ultron because you and I both like that movie more than the average person. Yes. And that is definitely an episode. Hell Yes. But Ashley had not seen the later Fast and Furious movies, and I was way too excited to actually talk about them. But like I said, it was plagued with issues recording-wise. And I think now that Ashley has seen the rest of the movies, keep in mind, I've watched these a lot, so I'm going off the cuff. I don't even have notes. It's all in my head. Like, I forgot birthdays, um, important events, um, but all this is here. Ashley's got notes from when this happened. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is during or after the rewatch or watch of all the other movies. So this will be fun. So, yeah, yeah we're going to be doing Fast and Furious. Okay, well, we're saying Fast and Furious 4, but instead of it being the Fast and the Furious, it's just Fast and Furious. Which I feel like this is confusing on purpose. Yes. <laughs> Okay. You are absolutely right, because this movie is both a sequel, prequel, a soft reboot, but also a retelling of the first movie. Almost like an alternate version of the first movie. Which is sad, because the first movie is ridiculous in the best way. 
And maybe we didn't need to do some of that. Which is weird because this movie doesn't disregard or decanonize the first movie. It almost acts as though the first movie technically still happened because so much of this movie is hinged on the relationship set up in that first movie. Right. But it almost, at the time, disregard maybe Too Fast, Too Furious. Which, given Vin Diesel and, and all of that, like, the fact that he's not even in it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they did a lot of, it felt like they did a lot of work to try and make that movie not a thing. And that movie is definitely a thing. And I'm, I'm glad that in later, later movies, they doubled down and made it a thing and brought back those characters. For anyone who's listening to this who hasn't seen these movies, they needed to get Vin Diesel and Paul Walker back together. The only difference is, is that from his first appearance to this one, Vin Diesel went from being like leading man potential to like a bona fide movie star. Yeah. That first movie was like 2001. Yeah. And this movie is like 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. His career went some places in those eight years. He had the Riddick movies. Mm-hmm. Um, triple X? Or was that That's after? right. Triple No, Triple X definitely was 2002. Like, it was shortly thereafter the first Fast and Furious. The movie is bonkers also, but... <laughs> Which, okay, that's definitely an episode because the <laughs> Triple X State of the Union with Ice Cube is nuts. But then... <laughs> Vin Diesel comes back for the third one, and the third, it's like, it gives absolutely zero fucks. It is next-level ridiculous. Hell yeah. I'm here for it. Because I've seen I've seen it once, and I, don't, I was uh, intoxicated at the time, so I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that is probably the... Okay, wait. You're talking about the third one, right? I think so, yeah. I was also completely... Sorry, Mom and Dad. I was stoned out of my mind. <laughs> like, I was faded, zooted, and, like, I was done. And yet, I watched this movie being like, this is the greatest piece of cinema. Like, fuck the Godfather, Citizen Kane, get all that shit out of the way. Oh my this God, needs just... to be the new AFI Top 100 movie. This is definitely at least number two, if not number one. Uh, which is how you know it's it's unhinged. <laughs> yes. Okay. Add that to the list. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, like, for anyone who hadn't seen Tokyo Drift, which was the third movie. Which was me at the time of taking these notes. Because looking through it, and I'm like... <laughs> I, like, mentioned a bunch of times being like, Han is great. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> Hope I see him again. <laughs> <laughs> you thought... Literally, the, my last comment on my fucking five pages of notes is just all caps. It says, bring back Han, you cowards. <laughs> so, there we go. And it's so funny because, of course, in that movie, um, he shuffles loose to Mortal Coil. And Kerplodes. Yeah. So, keep in mind, that was 2006 when that came out. So, 2009, this movie starts with Dominic Toretto, Letty... These two guys whom we are just now being introduced to and Han is in a truck. And you're like, what the absolute fuck? We watched this man crash and explode and die. (laughs) To which then you're like, what is happening? Because in that opening, which is going back to the whole reboot, because keep in mind, the first 
movie starts off with what were they doing? Ripping off trucks. Yeah. So now we're back to ripping off trucks, but now we're in the DR, and now there's more people who are more, arguably more competent than Dominic's old crew. <laughs> well, and like the movie, the movie acts like we're supposed to know who these people are, and maybe that's just like the Han setup. But as far as the other ones, I don't, I don't think I remember them being in any other movie. Well, remember how like there's that really poorly filmed short movie that explains how Brian got to Miami? Yeah. I have to go back to my home planet now. (laughs) (laughs) Vin Diesel, I think he directed this short movie basically because there's like that post credit scene in the first movie when Dom's in Mexico. Yeah. He and Letty, I guess, meet up in the DR. Of course, that's where Han shows up. And then uh, the the two Dominican dudes um, who are, you know, huge in, you know, the reggaeton, like Latin music scene because that's Don Omar and uh, Teco Calderon. Like, so mm-hmm. they're like a big deal. So, of course, when I first saw this movie, I'm like, who are these guys bickering? But meanwhile, that's like these guys are like music royalty. Ah, got it, got it, got it. To which okay. I love how... Basically, you spend the whole opening of this movie being like, how was Han here? Because that's all I was concerned about. To which then, when Han shows up afterwards, after the opening credits, you know, hashtag Pitbull song. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pitbull's all over this fucking movie. Okay. And I know you probably have soundtrack notes, but I just love that <laughs> the movie finally gives us the reason after all the shit happens, being like, how is Han still here? So... TLDR, apparently a bunch of their shit gets raided, so it looks like their fun's over. Don's like, it's time to go over for you to do your own thing. And the first thing Han says is, I hear they're doing crazy shit in Tokyo. And you're like, holy fuck. (laughs) This is a prequel. We're already time jumping four movies in. Han is so popular, because actually, your notes is what most of America said. Tokyo Drift is not a great movie. But this dude was so popular, they legit made the next, like, three, four movies prequels just to give an excuse to have this guy in them. Literally, like, my my note after her, they're doing some crazy shit in Tokyo, womp womp. Uh, (laughs) I just put, put, there's something about Han that is immediately likable. Right? Like, I don't know. Dude's got charisma. Like, I don't know. He rules. I don't want to ramble anymore, but I do want to go through Ashley's notes. Because if you've listened to this podcast before, Ashley's notes are like our third host. <laughs> They're that good. Um. <laughs> so, the opening. I, again, I'm kind of relying on the notes. I'm not super duper remembering. I remember that they try to like raid this truck and I remember, like, the truck driver bails. And then the truck, like, catches on fire, question mark? Yeah, because they were gas tanks. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> and then, like, that happens, and that's cool. And then immediately it cuts to yet another scene in which women are being treated super respectfully because it's just, you know, headless torsos and asses and shit. <laughs> Which I love the parallel of in the first movie, they're stealing trucks of TV, DVD player combos. Yes. And then using that to like fund their racing habits. Where here is like they're stealing. Race wars. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were, they were stealing trucks to basically start race wars. 
like talk about unhinged that line saying that oh out loud God. to someone who has never seen these <laughs> race wars and you're like race wars like okay all right uh brian o'connor i see i, I see you like maybe <laughs> let's not be so aggressive about race wars which and then and I think was it the seventh one, and like when they're like, "Oh, what did you want to show me?" And Don's like, "Race wars." I'm like, "What? What? No, no!" <laughs> and then it's like, "We used to come here to come here. We invented it." It's like you invented race wars, bro. Have you heard of rebranding? <laughs> but I feel like that had to have been the hook. Oh, that had to have been the allure. I don't know. What would be a good alternate title? Because it's like, when you hear race wars, you're like, excuse me, I beg your pardon? (laughs) That gets people's attention. Yeah, but not not the people you want. Not good race car drivers. (laughs) Like, Dom and Letty start this movie nearly dying to steal tanks of gas that then they spend the rest of, like, this opening of people, you know, the head of torsos dancing, and they're just filling up their cars with gas. So it's like... With that that's the other thing is I'm like, what's the fucking end game with stealing the oil tankers? Like <laughs> But were they I guess were they maybe selling it? How? <laughs> okay, so like I'm not a criminal, I'm not good at crime, but like how do you sell oil? Like do you just drive to the BP and be like, I have your gas. Write me a check now. Like I don't... But that's the bonkers part. Like, this whole podcast could be about, like, the first five minutes of this movie. It's crazy. Like, if you notice, during the scene where we're all dancing, there's girls dancing on top of one of the tanker trucks. (laughs) It's, like, the weirdest music video. Think about it. You have to actually climb up on top of this to dance. Like, it's not like you just happen to be there. And you've seen the shoes that those girls wear. Hey, I think that's skill. better them than me because I can barely walk in some shoes like that. (laughs) The joys of being tall, you don't have to fuck with heels and stuff. Um, I have the luxury, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get you some lifts. I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your next note? Because this is great. Um, So if you remember, this movie does a lot to sort of tip its hand in regards to Letty. Because like, if you remember Letty and like, the shit that Letty wore in the, the first movie. It's all black and drab and stuff. She's wearing so much white in the first few scenes of this movie that you're like, this is weird. Almost like they're foreshadowing some shit. See, and I didn't pick up on that. I'm assuming you're referring to her dying. Yeah. See, I was thinking, and I what I didn't realize is not until what the seventh movie do we now realize that this is shortly after they got married Mm -hmm. they had just did this and then he's all like oh it's too dangerous i don't want you getting caught when they come for me i am groot (laughs) i just like maybe okay if if that's the play like I am concerned for your safety. <laughs> I'm Groot. Uh, maybe, maybe do, maybe be Groot before you put a ring on it. I guess the idea was they're on the run still. He's still a wanted man. Like he hasn't been in LA in some time. Right. 
And of course, they're just trying to essentially make ends meet. So I guess stealing gas, which I don't, I feel like that was, I, I feel like that was mentioned somewhere, but I don't know if that was just to just make some quick money. But mm. Han does make a reference to like their garages got raided. This was another thing that I sort of remember from the early movie. Like, I do like the fact that when we're in the Dominican Republic, like it's it's got that sort of kind of stereotypical like Mexico lighting. And then when you cut back to LA, the the palette of everything is just so like gray and grim. It's it's a nice continuity from the first movie where, you know, LA is kind of treated the same way as far as the lighting and stuff it's cool i appreciated it even the setting of just brian because even in like the first movie that's right and that's the other thing too is he wasn't even fbi in the first movie wasn't he just like local pd he was he was lapd i remember because you and i talked about this like three days ago and i looked it up <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but it's like he's fbi but there's no casey masterpiece there's no bilkins <laughs> Well, and like the movie, this is the biggest thing that I have a problem with. Like the movie is asking me to either forget the first one as far as this goes or to do some mental gymnastics that I just don't think would happen. Like the idea that this LAPD officer would let his mark go and then they look at his body of work and be like, that's a good cop. He is good at policing. We want him to police for us, the FBI. It's just like, no. <laughs> like, I almost believe it, because considering the type of people it looks like he was busting, like, your average FBI agent, because if you look at the other um, characters, like, what's the other, his, like, kind of like his rival, uh, Stasiak, I think his name was? I think so, yeah. That guy would never be the type of guy who would even get close enough to, like, most of the dudes that Brian is going after, like, these gangster types, or even, like, you know, a lot of them, of course, we find out are into cars and shit like that. Like, so I feel like Brian was, like, a necessary evil because, like, it's almost like the Mod Squad kind of thing of this guy sucks, but he'll get us closer to the type of people that, like, we'll never be able to get to because they can smell cop a mile away on us. Mm-hmm. Like, where Brian can kind of blend in a little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, what bugs me, though, and I don't know if you talk about this in your notes, was the fact that in this, you know, again, he let his mark go, mm -hmm. goes to Miami, reconnects with his, you know, close friend from childhood who resented him for being a cop and him getting busted, doing this job, basically stealing money from said drug bust that they were supposedly helping orchestrate. Right. And then talking about, oh, we're going to open up a garage together. And Tyrese's character, Roman, his whole thing was, I hate Brian because now he became a cop. Like, he's one of the ops. So at what point then, like, now Brian's an FBI agent in L.A. So at what point does he go talk to Tyrese about, like, hey, uh, hey. so I know we had this whole garage thing set up, but I'm going to go back to L.A. and become a cop again. And not just a cop, a super cop for the FBI. Like, running on rooftops and... <laughs> <laughs> jumping out of windows that's right the movie seven they modeled that shit after me <laughs> i do appreciate something that these movies do like when we first meet brian after the first fast and furious uh mm -hmm. not a great cop and not a great driver but when nope. we meet him in too fast and furious he's a great driver like yes. he's the man now in fast and furious four 
He's actually not a bad cop. He's reckless, but he seems slightly more competent than he did the first time. <laughs> yeah. Which, for what it's worth. Obviously, this movie, um, the cops really don't hold much weight, so... I mean, they're they're bad at copying in this movie, and then, like, basically, we're allowed to hate cops in the rest of the, the franchise, so that's cool. Big fan of that. <laughs> One thing that we do need to talk about is the fact that Paul Walker's natural hair color is a vast fucking improvement to whatever was happening in 2001. Oh my God, with his like frosted hair, like. (laughs) It was fucking terrible highlights, like, ugh. It was 2001, name one person. Uh Like, I, I think maybe you and I might be the only people who didn't have terrible highlights in the early 2000s. I was a baby. I couldn't. <laughs> well, neither was. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, actually, <laughs> I was thirteen. My mother would have ended me. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> okay, so I did actually like mention this within my notes. So at th- at this point, when I wrote these. I had not seen the rest of the movies. I hadn't really had that much spoiled for me. The one thing that I did have spoiled for me was the fact that Letty did came back in later movies. So it did sort of undercut the emotional weight of that scene of her being murdered and that whole like shock that you're supposed to be dealing with. But I imagine for you, like a person who saw it in theaters at the time, like I imagine that was a big deal. It felt cheap. Yeah. What was the slogan of the movie? New model, old parts. Which is like, that doesn't feel as flattering as they think. I would have said original uh-huh. parts. So the movie like is sold as like the return of the Fast and Furious cast, which is essentially just basically everybody except Tyrese and like Sean from Tokyo Drift. Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> it's like, all right, Vin Diesel's back and Paul Walker's back and Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez. But like Michelle Rodriguez is in this movie for a total of... It's like 17 minutes, if that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I could have swore a lot of this movie was a Vin Diesel kind of thing. Because I think at this point, he wasn't going to come back in the franchise. And I guess yeah. whatever the original ending of Tokyo Drift was, was, like, so bad, they went back and, like, asked Vin Diesel, like, we need you to put in this movie. And he's like, I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they basically low-key begging to come back. It's like, all right, I'll come back under two conditions. One, I get to actually have, like, producer credits in this move, like, in this franchise. And they're like, all right, cool. And second, dude gets, like, the Riddick franchise off of this movie. Like, off of, like, that cameo. That's right. Like, he had finessed the shit out of them for, like, a two-second cameo that basically makes this franchise again. So, (laughs) we go through this whole thing. He leaves her, which is like, holy shit, Dom's leaving Letty? Yeah. Which... I guess in retrospect feels weirdly out of character. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. His whole thing, his whole thing is like, is that dedication to family and, and sort of his idea of family, which is, you know, like duty and like patriarchy, but not like in a bad way. Just like he's the captain and responsibility and that sort of thing. And just for him to be like, nah, fuck it. Actually, (laughs) Just it, it doesn't 
seem in character. I almost wonder, like, okay, now that we know what we know with the franchise, like, eventually... And we talked about this a lot when we did the episode about the first Fast and Furious, Mm -hmm. where I think... I'm not sure which one of us said it, but I think we kind of came to this conclusion that, yes, Dom considered these people family, but, like, I think a lot of... It almost represented, like, that group of friends that you had, like, you knew from, like, high school or even since, like, childhood. Because even Jordana Brewster is, like, they just showed up one day and they just... Never left. Yeah. They were together almost just out of habit. Which can lead to, I think, especially depending on the person, can lead to feelings of resentment and that sort of thing where it's like, I don't get to take care of these people. Like, I have to take care of these people. Right. But at the same time, it looked like it weighed on him because obviously when he gets almost gets busted you know they're cracking on brian like this dude sucks but they don't go look for him like they're just there partying at this dude's house yeah it's like they just expect him to be okay because he's always okay because you know nothing bad can ever happen to dad but you know shit happens dads fuck up losing all that and the one guy he does respect then turns out to be like the last person he ever really wants to deal with yeah He's got this new crew. He's got Han, who obviously he's really tight with. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. What are their actual names? Leo and Santo is their names. Okay. Like, they're cool, but the bond isn't quite there yet. It's not a familial bond like the crew from the first movie. This seems more like business. Like, it's based on kind of like a mutual respect thing. I don't know. It's different. It feels different. And I'm assuming some time has passed between Dom being in Mexico, because keep in mind, when that post credit scene, he's by himself. Right. So I'm wondering how much of this version of Dom plays into the fact that he did run by himself for a while before running into these guys. So now he's kind of, I feel like, in a way, gone back to like this sort of, dare I say, lone wolf, where because of who he is, I think he's starting to realize, even though he's a criminal at the end of the day, he didn't walk away from the whole Brian situation unfazed. Yeah. Like, it really kind of shook him to his core because, like, this dude probably doesn't know what to think. Like, his family got splintered. Parts of them died or got arrested. The guy that he trusted obviously portrayed him. So right now, maybe part of him, I think, is starting to regret the life a little bit, you know? It could be regret. It could also be... It could also come from a a more pure place of just like realizing like this is where I'm at and this is what I'm made of. She's too good for this. (laughs) That part of it. Oh, well, obviously we didn't get to that one yet. So Mm -hmm. this does come up later on. Yeah. But I don't want to get into that because I know you have not seen that one yet. You do touch on something that is interesting later on. So... (laughs) This was the thing that drove me absolutely fucking nuts watching this movie. And, of course, I made a note about it. Um, Letty's funeral is the beginning of a thing throughout the whole movie that I want someone to make for me. I want someone to cut together all of the overly meaningful stares from Paul Walker and Vin Diesel and make me a montage film set to Faint of Heart from Love You to Death. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is 30% those two dudes staring at something in the middle distance and feelings of feelings and it's fine, but it's also irritating. 
love that this movie, like, when I talk about, like, the alternate version of the first movie, it really is a dramatic, almost retelling, or at least, like, a, a, a dramatic version of the first movie. Or the first movie, it's like, oh, this is cool and flashy, and this is probably the closest the Fast and Furious franchise gets to drama, maybe mm-hmm. until, like, maybe the eighth one. And at the core, though, it's a it really is a love story, but not necessarily of, like, it's not romantic love, yeah. But it really is just like these these guys who are, for all intents and purposes, like <laughs> brothers or start to feel as such. Like they miss each other. Two bros. <laughs> they, I think they really do miss each other. Like it's kind of wild. Like, and obviously Brian, he's taken what he's learned from Toretto, but he's conflicted because instead of doing that thing that you would have thought because obviously Tyrese was there to remind him that this whole cop thing is bullshit. That's not who you are. And yet he keeps going back to that because at the end of the day, Brian outside of Dominic doesn't have any real sense of family or even possibly loyalty. The badge is his fallback, you know, and I think even Jordana Brewster with that very ridiculous line that I would have done another read on or at least rewrote <laughs> where she's like, maybe you're not the good guy pretending to be the bad guy. Maybe the bad guy pretending to be the good guy. And I'm like, you could have short, like who wrote this? Like, why are you giving this poor woman like these terrible lines? Oh man, I have a few notes about her in this movie and they all kind of she has a very specific set of skills (laughs) and maybe the drama in this movie is not within that set of skills because it's not she's better in in subsequent movies she's not great in this one yeah this one was awkward because i feel like this is really fast and furious before all the set pieces are there like as much as people Mm -hmm. like to say like oh the first one is the, the gold standard we are past that first set of movies where it was ridiculous but somewhat grounded, but we haven't gotten into the bonkers outlandish set pieces. So this one just feels like illegitimate child of the family. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird movie. Like I don't know what it wants to be. I know what I want it to be. I want it to be the next one, because the next one's the most fun. Oh yeah. Um So in other words, we're just getting <laughs> this out of the way so that way we could talk about five. Yes, because that movie fucking rules. Absolutely. So, uh, Dom is a mage. (laughs) Dom is a fucking mage, y'all. This bro stares at the ground and figures out the whole fucking plot of the goddamn movie by staring at the ground. Hashtag Aragorn did it first. Oh my god, he's a fucking mage. And I cannot, like, please, can we... (laughs) What are we doing? Why is he magic? This whole movie's plot is hinged on the fact that... He's magic. This whole whole movie's predicated on the fact that the guy who he somehow believes and is able... Now, I know this is done... Okay, this is what's wild to me, right? Mm -hmm. So not even the fact that he somehow recreates the crash and is able to figure out exactly what happened is... Somehow he's able to picture the guy... (laughs) The silhouette of the dude who he believes shoots Letty, but I'm like, you haven't met this person. Yeah, like that could have been anybody. They could have literally just had like a shot of like a gun pointed at yeah. her, but we actually see the outline of the dude who did it, which is like, holy shit. And it's not and it's not like the dude that did it is like a six foot one, 
stereotypical, like, built sort of dude. Like, he's got a unique silhouette. So you looked under it, my hood? <laughs> so it's lazy. It's lazy filmmaking is what it is. But... Oh, the entire track Scorch Marks are made by Nitro Meth. Oh Only my God. one guy I know in town runs that. It's like, okay, time out. LA's fucking huge. Are you right? kidding me? One place is selling it. Please fuck up the off. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> one guy in a whole town? Like, we spent a whole movie being in LA and realizing, holy shit, these motherfuckers like to drive cars. You mean to tell right. me? There's a whole ass lifestyle that's looped into this. One guy. <laughs> um so i didn't obviously because i'm you know 30 some odd year old lady i had no idea what nitrometh was so i googled it uh nitrometh refers to nitromethane the fuel they use in like top fuel drag racing the difference is in a condensed sciencey nutshell <laughs> uh that nitromethane fuel has oxygen molecules in it whereas fuel has to have the oxygen added so your engine causes little miniature explosions in it. The nitromethane like makes the explosions better. And like the, the like super TLDR version is like, it makes your car go faster, but it uses a lot more fuel to make your car go faster. So you run out of fuel a lot, a lot quicker. Yeah. This is also the same guy who like in a later movie chastised Jason Statham for having a reinforced chassis in his car. So Dom's just being like super shitty about like, oh, you're cheating. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, you run nitro meth. Because what does he say? Only pussies run nitro meth? Yes. That's not a thing to shit on somebody about. It's also like, again, having an issue with it because I have one you don't hear him use the word pussy very often and it's very upsetting and it just seems weird and I don't like it. As an insult coming from Dom, I don't feel like that's something that his character would say because like he is actually pretty respectful of women. I don't know. It just, I I don't like that line. It's like one of my least favorite lines in the whole franchise. I just, I don't like it. Because I wonder, and I'm not excusing it by the way, because I actually 100% agree. Yeah. It does feel out of character, but I almost wonder was the idea that at this point Dom is kind of backed into a corner. The love of his life is now dead, was killed more specifically by this guy. Because I feel like the idea is this because, you know, and we've said this before, Dom is barely concealed rage. Mm-hmm. Even though he tries to be stoic, it doesn't like it doesn't take much for him to just completely explode. Yeah. So I feel like the idea was like, not only is his wife dead, he knows who killed him, now he's going to infiltrate this group. Because throughout the movie, he's supposed to be kind of undercover, much like Brian is, to infiltrate this crime ring to, like, bring them down. But multiple times, Dom is basically acting out of, because, like, in that scene where they're driving through the tunnel... You know, they're mm-hmm. supposed to be driving in formation. Dom immediately breaks formation and starts going after the car until he's told to go back in line. Doing, like, renegade shepherd shit. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, tapping right trigger the whole time. Like. <laughs> well, because he does do some, like, renegade shepherd shit in this movie. All his like, speech options are red. <laughs> <laughs> where he's all like, I'm gonna drop an engine on your face. I am Groot. Like... I just, he does some 
crazy out-of-pocket shit in this movie. Shout out to him for holding up an entire engine with right? a chain. Like, right? this dude's face would be slowly being crushed. Maybe not, like, dropped, but he's holding up an entire, an entire engine by himself. And then later on, with the uh, David Park, he literally does Renegade Shepherd, where he, like, dangles, dangles dude out the window. Right, because this is the point. If he's going to be hyper-aggressive, let him mm. go hyper-aggressive because he's still kind of playing him stoic. Yeah. Even when, like, Brian shows up. This is the part of the movie, like, this is the first time these two were together on screen since 2001. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, like, a big deal. But Dom almost seems, like, completely unfazed at the fact that Brian's here. Yeah. Like, and I get it, he's obviously, like, he's angry, he's gonna hang this guy out, and he's like, oh, Letty was my friend, too, I was like, you were no one's friend. Which, I'm like, obviously, he's trying to be all like, oh, I don't care, but knowing he is, yeah. like, I just feel like this scene should have held more weight. I agree with you. It's nuts, we've gone at least, <laughs> right now, almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're like, maybe 30 <laughs> minutes into the movie. I mean, some of this parts of this movie don't really matter much, and keep in mind, I love this movie a lot, but there's parts of it where I'm like, we don't need to talk about this. Yeah, we don't. We're good, actually. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, and I want to get through the rest of Ashley's notes, but uh, before we go, we should probably tell the good people where they can listen to us and find us online. On the internet. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> TLAT Podcast. See you later, guys. I was walking with the dog.